Hi, John. Hi there, Katie. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. Um, now, I'm speaking on behalf of our audience here because you've you've been very quiet about your your exam. So I wondered if you'd got around to uh, taking your Sophos Fundamentals exam, and if you had, how how did it go? This is this is going to be the world's biggest anticlimax. So um, I I have had I have had a go. Um, this is this is my second attempt actually, and sadly I didn't pass. But on the flip side, I did improve my score. So okay, um, I, I do feel a bit like I've let you down somewhere. No, <laughs> no, honestly, I tried to do it on a Sunday evening at 10 p.m. The ship had sailed. I probably should have waited until the school day to, to give it a go. Uh, but I was eager to do it ahead of um, ahead of us uh, having another episode of the podcast. So I did. I got 65 percent. Um okay. And that that was definitely better than my my previous attempt, um, but I did well disappointingly actually in myself, and I've failed myself. I've let myself down here. One of the areas of the exam which I didn't do so strongly in, and we focused so much on and done so much content on it, unfortunately, was the firewall section. Okay. Now. I'm going to say I got caught out by the wording in the question and blame it on not having, you know, anything but not having the knowledge. Um, but I did want to go through and just recap some of the ever important um, firewall points with you, just so that when I give this another go in maybe ne maybe next week or something, I'm going to pass it with flying colours. Sounds good. All right. So what tripped you up then? Okay. So... Uh, there's a question here in the exam, which was a firewall's key tasks are, and then it gave you a selection of um, a couple of options. And I'll, I'll read out the options and then I'll tell you what I picked and you can tell me where I've gone wrong. Okay. So a firewall's key tasks are to support users through authentication. Now, I didn't select that one, but now in hindsight, I'm thinking that probably is correct. I'm intrigued myself now because <laughs> does it support? There are some some authentication functions around it, I guess, but it's not inherently an authenticator in its own right. So yeah, interesting. What else you got? Um, allow network administrators to manage the network. I ticked that as being correct. That depends on your definition of managing the network. <laughs> See, this, and this is what I thought. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, some of the things you could talk about there is, you know, at length would be, you know, which applications are important, which ones do you want to block, which ones are allowed to flow, but is that controlling the network? Don't mm. know. Go on, what else you got? Um, connect internal resources and remote users. So that, that's a yes. That's a definite yes. That's a, that's a big, uh, big play towards VPN capabilities. And I didn't select that, but now I I know that's the yes. So that I'm going to blame that on the Sunday night thing. Um, <laughs> to measure internal resourcing through telemetry uh, around app usage. Well, it can definitely do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I didn't select that one. I think I got thrown off by the app usage, not necessarily yeah. thinking that would be in the network. Well, I mean, yeah, it's not going to be able to report on local devices and what they're running locally, but you could very easily break down network telemetry and look and see, you know, how many people are going online and what they're accessing and what which of these traffic types are application orientated. Yeah, there's a load of stuff around that. Okay. Um, and then the last one that you could have selected was to protect the network from hacks and attacks. 
If you didn't tick that one, I'm going to be mega disappointed. I did tick that oh. one. <laughs> now, did it give you a clue as to how many were the right answer? No, it didn't. It just said select all that apply. Damn you, test. So the two that I had picked were allow the, the network administrators to manage the network. Reluctantly, because a firewall isn't necessarily a management tool, right? It's something you set it up and then it does a lot of monitoring and then... Yeah, that's pretty pretty fair to be honest with you i mean if i just asked you at random what what are the main purposes of a firewall how would you answer that oh gosh you're putting me on the spot here so it's around the traffic right so the traffic's coming in traffic's going out if there's you set parameters to um determine what traffic you would want to let in and then could potentially go and put it in a safe space where you want to then explore that traffic yeah, absolutely. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I talked talked in the firewall episode about separating zones of trust, right? So the things that you don't know about normally on one side, as in the internet, and your internal network is the other side. So it's the controls to say what's allowed to pass through from actually in both directions, what's allowed in from the internet, and then what's allowed out the organization as well. That's that's yeah. really what starts and finishes. And that that includes things like network attacks and it includes hacking attempts but includes so much more as well like the types of websites people can go to and the types of applications they can use that's really what a firewall is there for yeah okay and i feel like i know that in my brain and i just didn't use the exact same words as you to explain it (laughs) Uh, all in the interpretation isn't it yeah that's it um and then okay so then moving on to another question which i didn't get correct what value does the sophos central sd1 management in sophos firewall provide now the options are um and you could only this is only so one of these is correct not it's not a multiple choice so enhanced vpn management interface okay sd1 logging and reporting for greater visibility Okay. External reporting engine to download logs. And lastly, zero touch setup of overlay networks. Ooh, okay. You could sort of argue for both. Which one did you go for? Do you remember? Uh, I think I just went for SD1 logging and reporting for greater visibility. Mm-hmm. But you do well, get probably do... because it said SD1 in the, yeah. in the answer <laughs> more, more than me using my actual brain. <laughs> yeah, I think I would go sort of generically for um, the, the enhanced VPN management side of things. So one of the nice things with the SD1 management in the in Software Central is if you've got lots of different sites that you can very easily create policies to link all of the resources together. Um, so instead of having to go to each firewall and creating VPN rules between each of them, you can you can put some um, you can put some centralized rules in place, publish up resources that are universally available. Perfect. Thanks, John. Um, and then one question, another question, which I I don't have the screenshot for, so I can't remember the exact answers. But the question was, and I, I'm sure I didn't screenshot this because I was so sure I'd got it right. And then <laughs> turns out it wasn't right. Was um on the cybersecurity landscape section, if someone finds a vulnerability in your network, what can this let them do? Select all that apply. So I think maybe I didn't select all of the answers, but I'm sure I'd selected um, access data, you know, un- un- unwillingly and data that we don't want them to access. 
Well, that does, does make sense potentially. But uh, if you find a vulnerability, then then the, the vulnerability is effectively like uh, if you think about a physical security side of things, a house or something, that's like an unlocked window or something like that, you know, um, that risk there that, that then is going to be exploited. And then how that's exploited depends on exactly what the hacker's motives are, really. Mm hmm. So it could be to launch malware, it could be to launch ransomware, it could be to enter the network and then start moving laterally and finding other vulnerable resources in the estate. So essentially, I mean, finding a vulnerability is, is not a is not a good thing. It is it is a precursor to typically some kind of attack. Okay, perfect. So go back and have a look at the wording on that one. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, technically speaking, a, a, vun a vulnerability would probably allow a, a cyber criminal to execute arbitrary code, which is which is kind of like techie speak for saying they can pretty much do what they want if they can get. Yeah. Device. Yeah. OK. And then the last question. So this, this is back on the firewall section. So I only got I got three wrong, which is really disappointing. Um so this is a bit wordy. So it says, in a conversation with a prospect, they mention that they are struggling with the amount of network admin and management they are facing with their current provider. Mm -hmm. What features of, I don't know if this is the word, SFOS or Sophos V19, uh, would you highlight in your conversation? Mm. Um, so then it gives you four options and you can only select one. So um multiple login types for administrators to work on different things at different times okay enhanced feature and network object search functionality mm -hmm. uh software central sd wan management and wan performance monitoring with separate graphs for latency jitter and packet loss well, these these are all sfos version 19 features um, <laughs> so that's a good start which one is going to cut down the management overhead well it probably relates back to our friend sd1 i would have thought because one of the biggest labor saving functions in sfos 19 is that ability to manage a cluster of multiple firewalls like they're a, a single estate and, and you know create those unified rules that roll out really easily now how much that saves an organization and management overhead kind of depends how complex the network is and how many firewalls they've got but that that is definitely the big labor saving function the you know the, the ability to search on particular attributes and that kind of thing more readily is, is great if you're trying to find something but i'm not sure it's that much of a management overhead i would i would definitely suggest it's, it's sd-wan related mm, i think so i'm i'm pretty sure i picked the WAN performance monitoring with separate graphs for latency jitter and packet loss based yeah. on the fact that I thought um, data presented in graphs probably going to save you time than running reports or yeah definitely yeah I and mean, late, latency packet loss and jitter it's all about the quality of a line there so that's that's quite good if you want to hold your ISP to account because they're not giving you the performance you asked for if uh, or if you've got users to say oh my team's calls are breaking up and I, I can't make a phone call and those those graphs are really useful for diagnosing what those problems are but it's it's not again it's not massive management overhead okay perfect well i am sure because the other ones that i got wrong on this were just stupid um <laughs> on my part not the questions ah. so <laughs> i'm sure the next time i give this a go i reckon a couple more couple more lessons from you john and i'm going to be certified ah. I a lot of the questions I didn't even have to double double think about it. Any you know, any checking back on the report, I just did this myself. So I'm pretty sure next time I'm feeling a lot more confident now, I should be able to pass, no problem. Good stuff. <laughs> um so 
the other thing that I want to talk to you about on today's episode. Okay. Acronyms. Acronym. Um, love an ac- in cybersecurity, we love an acronym. In cybersecurity, it is acronym central. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, acronyms. I'm doing quite well now being a- able to identify the acronyms. Um, yeah. For example, SOC. I, I know I know what a sock is. I could probably, you know, wing my way into telling you what a sock is. Okay. I want to do a bit of acronym bingo with you. <laughs> um, yeah. All in one in one shot. Just roll the roll call through some acronyms. So that okay. I've got this uh this resource when someone gives me an acronym, I can just come back to this episode on the podcast yeah. <laughs> and just dial it back as to what they are. So I think we can start with the well, we'll start with EPP. Hit me with that. EPP. Wow. Okay. EPP is endpoint protection. Uh, So in Sophos speak, that would be interceptex for both your endpoints and really your servers kind of to just get bundled into EPP. That's the the table stakes basics of of, of just protection in our portfolio, basically. Perfect. Um, Next, take me through the DRs. EDR, XDR, MDR... Cool. Right. Okay. So that's almost like a scale of kind of how useful these relative products are, actually, I guess. EDR is endpoint detection and response. And I'm going to do XDR straight off the bat and then tell you what the differences are. So XDR is extended detection and response. And basically, with both of these things, they are layered, certainly in the software portfolio, they're layered on top of protection. So you can buy InterceptX with XDR. And what that is giving you is a bunch of tools then that allow you to do human-led threat hunts. So look at the estate, look at the telemetry that's going on. And what you're looking for there really is the, the, the kind of telltale characteristics that, that you might have a cyber criminal network that hasn't actually triggered an endpoint alert off yet. So, you know, maybe your network has been penetrated, but no malware has been launched. Or, you know, maybe we can see attempts to, to probe a network or something like that. The big difference between EDR and XDR is that when you talk about EDR, then because it's endpoint focused, we're only really looking at telemetry from endpoints and servers. And there is a whole world of other places that you can get telemetry from. So this is where extended detection and response comes into play. And that's taking telemetry from much bigger range of sources. Um, So that would include your firewalls, your your mobile management we talked about not so long ago, um, your uh, public cloud infrastructure, um, maybe other data collection points that that are, are run inside the estate as well. There's lots of clever things that you can do around that. So we don't actually at Sophos we don't do EDR, so we only do XDR. Um, essentially, if you buy InterceptX with XDR, then we will give you access to search through the telemetry and the data from everything that you own from Sophos. So if you've got Sophos files, you've got mobile, you know whatever whatever extra products you've got, as long as they can feed into our data lake, then then we can do some searches and, and uh, give you as a user that telemetry and that data. So that's what EDR and XDR do. They're there to find the subtle hints of threats that aren't actually sort of going off yet, to, to, for want of a better expression. Um, and they're, they're great. They're really good tools, but they do have one fundamental problem associated with them and that is that you kind of need to know what you're looking for and you need to be able to interpret the results when you get them 
And this is why XDR is really only suitable for the kind of organizations that, that probably have the, the, the analysts and, and the skills available to, to monitor that estate and ideally do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because we all know the cyber criminals don't take holidays. Um, yeah. So, so it's a great set of tools, but it's a tool, it's a set of tools that you need. It, it's something you do. It's not something you just buy and forget about. You you need to be doing human threat hunting with it, which is kind of where MDR comes into play. So MDR, I would, I'd really like to think that you knew what MDR was. You didn't mention that one specifically. I don't <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> so it is manage, well, detect, and response. Manage, detect, and response. Exactly that. So, so what what customers are buying into with MDR is it's not just product; it's service here so what's happening with mdr is that we are monitoring the information that we can get from a customer's estate and then we at sophos are then using our know-how our ability to um find the issues and then if the customer is happy for us to uh, then respond to these incidents as well um and for most customers that's probably more appropriate than buying xdr um because the skills gap is the way that it is and mm-hmm. the challenges are the way that they are such that you know, if you're going to invest some extra money on beefing up your protection, then then actually you need to take a long, hard look at yourself and the organization and say, well, do I actually have the, the cyber wherewithal to, to deal with this or should I just outsource that problem? Um, and in most cases, that makes more sense. So that's that's your, your kind of upward scale there from endpoint protection, which is the basics of reacting to something going wrong. Um, EDR and XDR collectively tools to allow organizations to search for stuff and MDR outsourcing the, the threat hunting search and outsourcing the response um, to uh, to Sophos in this case. Amazing. Um, I'm going to go slightly off piece here. Yep. Did I dream something or did I see something on LinkedIn about NDR? NTR? NDR. Oh, ND, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And NDR, we, we do love an acronym, and I think NDR is really frustrating because I find <laughs> I have to emphasize the N. Yeah. Even I thought I just sound, it sounded like I'd said yeah, NDR yeah. again. N for November. <laughs> I do have a tendency to speak quite quickly and the two things get mixed up. So what is network detection and response? Well, that is is actually a really clever tool, a very, very clever tool, actually, that allows a user to hoover up telemetry that is flowing across their network. And you might initially think, well, if I've got my um, if I've got my endpoints covered and my servers covered, then, then I'm probably getting the information that I need already. And that that's you know partially true. But if you think about a customer network, there might be a whole bunch of things in that estate that don't have software protection on them. Um, so in a hospital, you might have things like MRI scanners and really fancy medical equipment that can't have Sophos installed on there. Um, you might be thinking about a factory that's running machine tools that are connected to the network, but, but don't have an operating system in the classic sense. Um, you might be even looking at really basic things like printers and internet cameras and CCTV systems and building control systems thermostats these are all things that could be used by the cyber criminals but because of their nature you can't install an agent on there so coming back to your question of what what, where ndr fits in then ndr is basically a sensor um it's non-invasive so you just plug it into your network and it, it gets a copy of all the traffic that's flowing backwards and forwards and then ndr is is then using its kind of knowledge to look at the traffic that's flowing backwards and forwards and think well is that device part of an attack? Is it is it being used in some way maliciously? Can I see evidence that the cyber criminals are trying to exploit these machines and um, devices that could potentially be vulnerable? So it's like an extra set of eyes looking at those kind of kind of potential weak spots. 
um, if you like. So we're, we're very excited by NDR. It's relatively new to the portfolio. We made a very exciting acquisition of a, of a company called Braintrace that has some very, very clever technology. So they can even recognize um, the telltale signs of an attack, uh, even if the traffic's actually encrypted. Um, so I tried to visualize it with something that looks a bit like a QR code, but apparently this makes sense to them, but it's really difficult to visualize it. But essentially what they're doing is looking at the, the size of the packets, the cadence of the packets and various different things about the structure that say, oh, I can recognize, you know, cobalt strike being used in this, this situation. So it's an extra set of eyes looking at the things that otherwise you might not get visibility on. Um, so that's that's a really nice augmentation to MDR because it, again it gives us more telemetry. It gives us information that covers things that otherwise maybe we wouldn't necessarily always be seeing. Mm -hmm. Amazing, thank you. Um, moving on to the S's then. Yes. Um, seam. Okay, so seam security information event monitoring. Okay, so seam is 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 a way of collating data together from this, this disparate world of cybersecurity. So remember we talked about the fact that cybersecurity is kind of built upon this, this legacy of you, you buy different products from different vendors and then and, and try and make a cohesiveness data out of it. The problem is if you're going to try and understand if you've been under some kind of attack, then you might be pulling in logs and looking at reports from multiple different platforms. And that gets quite tedious and quite difficult to correlate. So the idea of Seam is what it does is it feeds information from all these different security platforms and maybe maybe non-security platforms too and then presents it back to to a user and say well look these are the things that i found and then depending on how good your seam is it might do some event correlation and bring events together and that kind of thing but seam is essentially just a way of harvesting and representing information that's already available in the estate but just doing it in a, in a much richer and more logical fashion um great but it, it comes back to that classic problem of it's going to give you a bunch of information what are you going to do with it kind mm -hmm. of thing um now we don't offer seam because we know it needs a high level of input from the user so just a question on on seam and yeah. i think with some of these other acronyms is is seam and this is a, this is a stupid question for me is it a product or is it like a theory strategy methodology Mm, it's a bit can of you buy seam yes you definitely <laughs> can buy seam yes you can even buy seam as a service okay um, so yes you can buy seam and yes it is a, it is a product but it the i guess the strat the underlying strategy is i want to get more information out of what i've got and i want to see it all in one place that's the strategy and seam is the product that you buy to to fulfill that Okay. Potentially, and I'm going to caveat that with: Do you, why why are you actually buying Seam? Is it because you really want to have a dashboard full of like alerts and then play alert whack-a-mole, or, <laughs> or do you just want the problem to go away? Because if the answer to that question is you just want the problem to go away, you should probably have bought MDR actually. But you know that's a conversation that you have to get into with the customer and understand what their motives are. Yeah, perfect. Um, the next S is saw. Saw security orchestration and response. So this is this is where again cybersecurity, because it's built upon lots of different products, sometimes it'd be really neat if if we saw an alert over there and then something else over there responded to that problem. Um, you know, like creating a really clever set of levers and 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 you know, one action over here creates a response over there. Um, again, we don't do saw, but but synchronized security is is basically using saw kind of approaches. Mm -hmm. um, so you know we talked about if, if a firewall sees that an endpoint is compromised and it might isolate it and prevent it from accessing the internet and 
um, software central might then also say, well, that device isn't allowed to talk to the rest of the estate. This is an example of an automated response. But SOAR is, is kind of doing it cross-vendor. So, you know, I've seen an alert from brand X's endpoint. I want brand Y's firewall to change its rules. It, it's kind of trying to create that plumbing that, that we do with synchronized security kind of under the hood. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, and then SOC or SOC-AS? SOC and SOC-AS. So SOC is Security Operations Center. This is where you get a bunch of really clever analysts slash geeks, depending on your point, <laughs> uh, to monitor your telemetry. Um, now, a really big organization might have a SOC. Um, you know, a high street bank or somebody equivalent might have a team of people squirreled away somewhere that are monitoring their estate all the time. Um, a lot of people don't have that capability. And that's where SOCAS comes in. So SOC is SOC as a service. So you can go to an organization and buy their SOC services. Um, and there's a very blurry line between what is SOC as a service and where does MDR come into play. But typically SOC as a service would be provided by the reseller partner level um, and probably doesn't always include a response. But again, your mileage may vary on that. Um, MDR obviously is, is where you go straight to SOCOS and, and uh, you have the capabilities that we can provide. Um, so SIEM, SOAR, SOC as a service and MDR again forms a bit of a, a similar theme really of, you know, what data have we got and then what do we, what do we do with that data? Perfect. Thank you. Well, I've just done a super quick Google search and apparently there's 237 other security acronyms to cover. Oh, uh, wow. But I think we'll save that for another episode. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder if I would get 65% of those or not. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant thanks john my absolute pleasure yeah enjoy talking to you and yeah looking forward to the next one see you in the next one